welcome back to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine, coach in life, queen of burnout, throwing in a little sass there, Dr. freaking Aaron Wiseman. I got to practice what I preach. I'm a recovering workaholic and rest is my detox. <laughs> so my team is pushing me to try to do more rest. I have really been invigorated since I got my new office and my podcasting equipment set up back full time. It's been so fun to be podcasting again and doing live episodes. But they're reminding me too that I'm overworking. So we are problem solving this. And in order to do that, we are doing a reboot showcase. All my work that I've done in the past, I might as well reuse it, right? Recycle, reduce, reuse. And so what we're going to do in this reboot showcase is take old podcast episodes that I've actually been on for other people and play them here on Dr. Me First. It makes me smile a little bit as I go back and listen to years ago when I was doing some of these podcasts. And I'm like, wow, I was really smart. I knew a whole lot of things. But I also see how I've changed and how things are different. <laughs> In the world of Aaron Wiseman, we call it, is it long-haired Aaron or short-haired Aaron? Because <laughs> you can definitely see a big change when the hair got lopped off during the pandemic. So listen to the episodes and then see if you can tell when I did that episode on the timeline of everything Aaron Wiseman. Long-haired Aaron, short-haired Aaron. Give me an email. I'd love to hear about it. I'm going to take my own medicine. I'm going to rest a little bit, and I'm still going to pop up episodes for you to listen to. So enjoy this reboot today. And as always, friend, remember, your life, your calling, your pulse absolutely matters. And the badass in me honors the freaking badass in you. Enjoy. Come get comfy with the Mature Mama Life podcast where mamas who have experienced the ridiculously hilarious label of geriatric or elderly pregnancy on their medical chart gather to share experiences, knowledge, and most of all laughter. A place where you can come learn how to navigate the journey of becoming a mother and surviving mamahood. A place to gain knowledge to save your life and your sanity. And who's the head mama in charge? That's me, Dr. Sand a board-certified obstetrician and gynecologist that has made it my mission to decrease the maternal mortality rate not only in the United States, but all over the world, one mama at a time. Through quick chats and deep dives with other mature mamas, I promise to help make each woman an advocate for her health and not to mention her sanity. So pull up a chair, pillow, or bed and open up your heart to mamas that are in the geriatric parenting life with you. Learn from the ones that have been there, done that, and we're still rocking it. If you're ready to learn how to become an informed participant in your health before, during, and after pregnancy, stay tuned. Now here's your favorite doc, friend, and mama Tachanka and Lola, Dr. Sam. Hey mamas, how are y'all doing? 
So boy, do I have a treat for you all today. So I know that in a couple of episodes ago, or it might even be the episode right before this one, you know how I do. Uh, I talked about how I invested in a psychiatrist slash spiritual leader, healer. Um, She is just my absolute everything. And, you know, basically it was because I was finding myself getting to a place of what people define as burnout or moral injury or just being sick and tired of the shit. And so I have someone here that is going to talk to us about burnout and she is absolutely amazing. So it is Dr. Erin and I don't know if she wants us to call her last name. She'll let us know, but Dr. Erin. And so first and foremost, you know, most of the people that are on the podcast are moms. So she is a mom of three. She's also a farmer's wife, which is really, really cool. So I definitely want to ask her and talk to her more about that because I grew up on a kind of a pseudo farm, I guess, you know, I'm from South Carolina. And one day my dad just woke up. I'm not even making this up and decided to get pigs. And so we just had pigs in our, you know, we had this huge backyard and we had to walk through this little path. And then it was a huge pig pen. And then we had this huge, huge garden. And this was just all something that my dad just decided to do. So, you know, it kind of gives way to your ancestors, give you what you're supposed to do in your gifts, because before that point, my dad never really even had a dog. And so now here we are living with pigs and a whole garden and it went really well, but then the pigs kept escaping, just became a whole thing. So my dad was like, you know what? I probably should, you know, kind of sell these pigs. So that's what he decided to do. But why is Erin here? So she is a physician. She's a life coach. She's a speaker. She's also a podcaster. So of course, we want to talk more about her podcast. As you hear, Lola's in the background doing what Lola does. And she also advocates for wellness in medicine. So I have her here to talk about um, burnout because one, she's the burnout queen. And two, she had it early in her career. So she talks openly about it to help us out, particularly female physicians, which I know a lot of you are here, and also like working professional moms. Because the thing is, ladies, we are not alone. And there are things that we can actually do just to help us out. Like I said last week, you know, I was just like, This is my psychiatrist, get you a therapist, get you a counselor so you can really get through it. And this week, we're going to talk to Dr. Aaron just to see what else we can do, how we can pull ourselves out of this burnout that we're feeling because it is a thing. You're not going crazy. Um, You're not, you know, slack. You're not you know, a poor um, entrepreneur or an employee, you're just burnt out from whatever is going on. And she is going to help pull us out of this. So I introduce to you all Dr. Erin. Hey, girl. Hey, it's so great to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. As you hear, my Lola is in the background. No worries. I will let you take care of her. Let me talk to your people a little bit. Hey there, mamacitas out there in Dr. Sand's world. I am just so pumped to be here with you all today. And yes, exactly what Dr. Sand was talking about. Um, I have walked the walk, so now I can absolutely talk the talk. Back in 2014, It was supposed to be the best year of my life. I had finished residency. I'm family medicine boarded. I had got the big girl contract. We had bought the house. We were moving back to um, southwestern Indiana where we love, where my husband's family farms. 
And instead of being on the mountain, I was in the fucking goalie, just devastated. I had started my new practice and within, I would say the first week, I was like, oh my God, what have I done? This is going to be the next 30 years of my life. Because I looked around because in residency, we kept saying like, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. And what I realized at that point is like, nope, this is what it is. And I'll be honest, it was a really deep, dark place at that point. Because here I had pretty much given away my 20s. I don't remember the first year of my first kid's life because I had him as an intern and all y'all know out there know, like that's some insane times. I had missed family holidays, um, you know, just so many things. First steps, um, mar- or weddings, birthdays, all for this career that was supposed to be mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. And where I found myself is it was in the absolute pit of burnout. Um, and I didn't know what it was at first. I, like you, were like, oh, I'm not burned out. You know, I was giving myself those PHQ-9 scores. And I was, like, scoring worse <laughs> than my patients. I am a loud mouth. So instantly, within those first couple weeks when I was not happy, I was talking to my office manager. And I shit you not, her advice was like, well, maybe you need to just, like, start on some Zoloft or something. You know, you do have a lot going on in your life. And I was like, no, I don't think that's the answer. Like, all the bells in my head are going off about that not doing that. Um, I started talking to my med school best friends, my residency buddies, and they fell in two camps. One was, yeah, girl, me too. I feel the exact same way. Or they were like, no, girl, life is great. And I kept thinking, what the fuck is wrong with me? You know, I, am mm-hmm. I broken? Am I crazy? Mm-hmm. Like, what is wrong with me? Did I just make the biggest multiple six-figure mistake by picking this career. And now what I want to do is just run away. I applied to a whole bunch of different positions because I knew I had a huge non-compete and I didn't know what else to do. You know, I just spent the last, what, 10 plus years training to be a physician. And now I didn't want to do that anymore. And also it was so scary because I had built my whole identity on being Dr. Wiseman. Who was I without the white coat? Who was I without the stethoscope? Who was I without the prescription pad? I didn't even know. And I think that was the scariest part was knowing that not this, I call it my not this phase. I was like, oh, hell no, not this. I do not want this. But then I couldn't answer the question, then what? So I did what I told all my patients not to do. And I got on the internet. And I found thousands of other physicians at that point who were saying the same things. And some of them were talking about like quitting their job and going non-clinical or going into pharmaceuticals or like doing Bitcoin. And I was like, I don't want to do any of that. That like has no interest to me. And it almost sunk me into a deeper hole because I was like, where is my fit? I felt like a round peg in a square hole. So I'm in Southern Indiana. There are approximately five doctors in my county, all of them older white men. I was the only female. I was the youngest one in the county. And I felt even more isolated like that because I had just come out of training in a place that was diverse and multicultural and, you know, 50% women to a place that I, no one could relate to me. You know, I, I tried to get mom friends in the community and they were either like stay at home moms or, you know, they worked blue collar jobs. And the ones who didn't, it seemed like, like 
they were loving their life and fine. And so again, it just like pushed me further and further down into that gully until one night during like a 1 a.m. search, I found this lady on the internet and she was a family med doc. She was talking about being an entrepreneur and she was talking about this thing called life coaching. And I was like, I don't even care. Hashtag take my money. If it can make me feel better, then that's what I need to do. And so I got on a phone call with her for the first time. And it was the first time in decades that I felt seen and I felt heard and I felt understood. And that was my way back out. Now, it wasn't easy. And like I said, that was well over... Um, seven years ago now. But what I can tell you is, is that anyone who has ever felt like this, you are not alone. And this is not your forever place. You will come through this on the other side because you are actively taking steps to stare this monster in the face. Oh my God. Like, I really just want to, that I think was like seven minutes of you talking is probably the same story that I could tell my exact self. And then also other women that I have come into contact with, especially, like you said, in the medical world. I mean, every single point that you hit, I was like, yep, I did that as all the way down to, you know, having a baby. I had my baby my second year. So that was absolutely insane. Second year of OBGYN residency. So surgical residency, you know, where people just aren't supposed to have uteruses and dare to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And then at end of it, I felt the same thing. So I like begged and cried out to God, like for you, I just want to be an OBGYN. I just want to do it. I just want to do it. That's all I want. I feel like that's what I'm on this earth to do, to serve women, you know, to help birth babies. Like that is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to advocate for women in this particular space. And then girl, when I got here, I was like, I can't do this for 30 years. Like what? it was like instant. Like when I got to the end of it, it was like, okay, maybe it's going to feel better once I start because my residency was a little malignant, a lot malignant. And so I was like, maybe that's what the problem was. And then when I got out of it and I'm at a practice and my practice itself is amazing. I really can't say anything bad about, you know, the people that I, you know, call my work family. I adore them. But I found myself every day just feeling like this can't be it. This can't be my life for the next 30 years. And I was looking at one of my partners um, and he's an older white male. And he has been doing this, I think, for maybe like 25 or 30 years. And he he really had a lot of joy in it. Now I can see like he's like, you know, we talk about it, like in the, he said, you know, like the most recent years have been the hardest for him in medicine. As he feels like, especially with obstetrics, you know, it's more against like physicians and midwives and things like that. And people, because of the internet, are pulling away from evidence-based medicine. But he was like, for the most part, he loved it. He would do it again. And so I was looking at him like, I'm a year out. Like I've been working here for a year and I don't know if I can make it through the next year and the next year after that. And really and truly what it became is, you know, burnout or moral injury. It's just that so much was going on around me until I just felt like I can't, I can't do this anymore. So then the question became like, you just said, so what in the world do I do? Like, what do I, Mm -hmm. because this is what I always wanted to do. And I feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. And I feel like, you know, I'm a God girl that curse. Um, So I feel like, you know, I was given these, this information and God, like you said, all this debt, it has to be for a reason. But the question was, well, what's the reason? Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? 
Absolutely. And you know, that's a really critical point to come to because I meet so many people who, when that harsh reality smacks them upside the face, they just shove their head deeper into the sand. Like, nope, nope, we ain't going there today. And so I want to lift you up and say, I'm proud of you for at least naming it, for at least saying like, yeah, I'm in the middle of the shit storm and I don't know what to do. So let's go there. Let's talk about for you and for anybody else who's who's listening, maybe they're even questioning, like, am I burned out? And I have to say, like, if you're asking the question, then you probably are. Let's just go there. But here's probably, my yeah. definition <laughs> that I, I mean, we could go with the formal one, but here's, here's the Aaron Wiseman SAS definition. I call it the D's, E's, and F's. So if you are feeling disengaged, dissatisfied, and discouraged, you're meeting some of the definition. If you're feeling empty and exhausted, and I'm not just saying like physically exhausted, like you need a nap, but I mean that deep mental, emotional, and spiritual exhaustion. I mean, lack of sleep is a huge red flag, but if you're still, after you wake up at a night, waking up and like, just be like, shit, I have no energy. I don't want to go back to the office. I just want to run away. Friend, that is emptiness. And then the last is the S. This is what I found myself doing with exhaustion and I didn't realize what it was. I became codependent on five hour energies just to get through the day, Mm -hmm. just to get through the day. I was like, let me get my five hour energy in. So yeah. (laughs) Or if you're slamming down multiple cups of coffee or, um, or if you find yourself too, like using coping mechanisms just to disengage social media, Mm -hmm. shopping, other things where you can't stay in the reality of this world. Yeah. It's another thing to notice that, that you're trying to fill your cup because you're empty, but you may not be doing it in the best and healthiest ways. And let me get to F's too, because I think it's important to recognize all of these because Sometimes we don't realize it until we see the results. And the F's are fear, frustration, flight, and what I call the fuck it. Just like when you're just like, fuck it, I'm done. I just, I, I want to get out of here and you're actively looking for a way out. And so if any of those hit home with everybody, I just have to say, friend, let's just say it, you're burnt out. And that's okay because we've named it. Just like when we a patient comes into us and they have a problem and we're finally able to give them that like diagnosis, once you name it, then you can face it. Then you can figure out the next best step in the direction that you want to go. Girl, you just hit like every single thing that I, I have. So definitely, at least you confirm the fact that I am definitely in a place of burnout because I can't think of one of those. Like sometimes you'll get a checklist and you're like, oh, well, at least I don't have that. I can't say that, Erin. I, I have every last one of those things. I have every last one of those things. So then the question becomes, once you recognize it, like what do you do next? Like, do you seek out, you know, professional help or is it something that, okay, do I try to fix the environment? If I'm working for someone Do I go and have a sit down with my boss or my colleagues or something to fix? Like, what is the next step after you realize like you've checked every single thing on this amazing list that you have? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, step one is awareness. It's checked. It's it's seeing if those D's, E's and F's check. Number two is acknowledging it and being like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is where we are at. This is where I am at on the map. And then deciding 
Where is it that I want to be? And not doing like a five or 10 year plan, because Lord knows we can definitely do that. But I really ask my people as we're talking about it is, you know, how do you want to feel in life? And and notice I say feeling, not about like being or doing, because Lord knows we are overachiever workaholics. And if we set a goal, you bet your ass we're going to make that goal. But I have to tell right. you, how did that work out for you the first time around? For me, it mm. didn't. And so now yeah. I want to live my life in an intentional feeling state that I can get there in a hundred different ways by doing, by showing up, performing, doing a job. But instead of the goal being about performance and achievement, this time around, I want it to be about how I go about my life, how I show up in my life, how I feel about my life. And so that's my next step is like, how do you want to feel? So when I was going through my whole process seven years ago, the answer to that question was, I want a job that I don't feel like I have to take a vacation from when I'm on vacation. And I want to wake up in the morning without an alarm clock. I'm no more 4 a.m., 5 a.m. rounding, no more going to bed at midnight because I've been charting after my kids go to bed and I'm like dragging my ass out. No more. And so those were the two goals that I really worked about. And notice how those goals are different than being like, I want a job where I can make 250K and pay the house and the loans right. off. Like those are secondary goals. Like I still want to get the, the loans paid off. I still want to make a decent income. But the primary goals are now more about how do I want to go about living my life? And so that's the next step is really digging in and, and being like, okay, this is where I'm at. And this is really where I really want to go. And that's a hard step for us type A analytical left brainers because for so mm -hmm. long we have been taught and has been reinforced. You set a goal, you get on the railroad tracks of medicine, you follow the steps, you do the test, you stay in line. And at the end, you will reach your goal. But what they forgot to tell us is that at the end, there are no more railroad tracks. Like it's just mm -hmm. real life. You end up in this woods and it's like, well, which path do we take? Because there is no more paved roads. And they forgot to tell us, we get to choose. We get to decide. There's no more trying to placate a mentor or attending or show up and be the number one best resident. From here on out, there's no more A-plusing in life. It's your life. You get to pick and decide. And I think that's an important thing to remind yourself in burnout is like, okay, Maybe up to this point, I felt like I didn't have choice, but from here moving forward, I 100% do. Which leads me into step three. And this was something that was so pivotal for me when I learned it. It dramatically transformed my life. And it's learning to be compassionate with myself. Learning to mm -hmm. tell myself like, hey, this is a moment of suck and that's okay. Everybody feels like this sometimes. And instead of beating myself up and pushing myself harder and achieving all my goals, I can actually just be nice to myself and talk to myself just like I would talk to my best friends or my kid or my dog or my husband and say, hey, I see you're struggling and that's okay. And so self-compassion, the work of Dr. Kristen Neff has been huge for me. I teach it to all my people. I've got several podcast episodes about it on my own podcast called Dr. Me First. But it really is coming to the point of reminding yourself like, yeah, self-punishment and pushing ourselves and being super driven got us through so many late nights and through so many anatomy exams and so many 30-hour calls. But you know what? It's not sustainable and it's not healthy. 
Because the more we beat up on ourselves, the more injured we are. And life beats us up enough, we do not need to inflict that sort of pain on ourselves, on our brains, and on our souls. And so really learning to be nice to myself. And it's still hard. Oh my God. It's still a challenge. There's times where like the other day I was running, running, running. And I was like, I got to go to the bathroom, but I got to go see this next patient. Then I answer this phone call. And then then finally I was like, enough. You can go pee. You are human. It is absolutely okay if you go take a five minute bathroom break and maybe even go get a drink while you're at it. (laughs) But learning self-compassion is number three in this. And then the next step after you've recognized you're burned out, you've acknowledged where you're at and where you want to go, you learn self-compassion. Then in step four is when we make those action steps. And I'm, again, not talking about the huge five-year plan, 10-year plan. I'm just saying, what's the next best step from here? What's one small step I can do to get me in the direction I want to go? And it's not scheduling a meeting with my boss, quitting my job in the same day, opening up um, some kind of boutique, like not overworking it. Because again, like, hello, my name is Erin Wiseman. I'm a workaholic. It's not, again, working. It's just one small step and reminding yourself like that one small step is enough because tomorrow and next week and next month, we're going to make those small steps again. You didn't get burned out overnight, and you're not going to fix this overnight. Typically, mm-hmm. when I'm working with my clients, it's a good 18 to 24-month cycle. And people want to like wow. throw up when I tell them that. But I'm like, listen, listen. If you truly want to heal through this, you don't want to just jump and make a lateral move or jump into a spot that um, is maybe even worse than where you are now. It's going to take some time. And I know everybody hates to hear that. I hate to hear that. I hate to be in the middle of waiting for time. But in addition to us figuring out what we really want, taking those small steps, part of the equation is the time. See, I, 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 so even in this conversation, as you saw, like even my personality has always been you know, I see big picture or I always jump to the end. And even I tell people all the time that me and my husband are a match made in heaven because he, like you, believes in small steps. And like, you know, the middle part, the middle part matters also. But for me, it's just like, I recognize a problem. I'm going to my boss and you better change it. I recognize a problem. Okay, I'm leaving my job. I recognize this problem and, you know, I'm going to find me a psychiatrist. But you're absolutely right. There's so many pivotal steps in, okay, you've recognized it. Good for you. Now, are you going to actually acknowledge it and accept it? And that's great too. Okay, next step is how do you want to feel? Like, And that was so good because you're right. In this burnout, I've been, my brain is like, what's the next step? Do I open up my own practice or, you know, do I do local? Like, what do I do? And and that's going to make me feel better. But the question is, how, what's the feeling that I'm going after? And so I just kind of like, when you said that, I took a deep breath. And really and truly, the feeling that I'm going after is freedom. Like, it's really and truly just kind of like freedom to live, freedom to be able to go and see, you know, my child and make sure that I am present in their life and the freedom to my husband. He loves to travel. So if he, and he's a teacher, so he can take off more than me, the freedom to be able to travel with my husband whenever he wants to. So I never looked at it from the standpoint of what's the 
feeling that I want. Like I've looked at it as the standpoint of what's the next path to go down? Like what's the next, you know, journey that I'm supposed to take? Like what is the end point? Is the end point me having my own practice, you know, my own birthing center or starting this whole program or blah, 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 blah. But really and truly what I need to figure out is what is the feeling that I'm going after? Is it just, you know, happiness from sun up to sundown? Is it freedom? Is it joy? You know, and then find out what is the path that will make sure that I'm always in that place of freedom. Because if I decide that I'm going to open up my own practice and be a solo practitioner, is that really going to give me the freedom that I want? And really and truly, you know, the answer is no, because you're on call 24 seven. Even if you do get into a call group, even in that call group, you still are protective over your patients. So what if you get that one patient that only wants you to see them and only wants you to deliver them? Then now you feel like you're always there. So I think that is so like for me, at least that was kind of like jarring just to think of, well, what is the feeling that I'm going after? Because the feeling will help me mend, you know, what caused the burnout because I'll just jump right back into burnout is really and truly. If I start chasing another thing, I'm going to find myself burning right back out because I really didn't address what my biggest issue was. And my biggest issue in my place of burnout is I have no control over my schedule. I have no control over my life. And that's my problem. So mm-hmm. that you're definitely a small step person. So thank you for saying the middle steps because I, I am... <laughs> I'm just like you, girl. So actually the small step thing is what I've just had to learn. And as I've, you know, I always tell people, I learned from the University of Hard Knocks. <laughs> the two by four upside the head instead of the tickle in your soul. So this just comes from years and years of doing this work. You know, the one thing I do want to say as alpha females, many times we are such fixers because we don't want to sit in the emotions. We don't want to feel the feels. We just want to get our ass moving and get on the other side. But I have to tell you, that is part of the journey. That is part of the experience of being human. And when we rush through and we try not to sit with those feelings of frustration, of overwhelm, of anxiety, of panic, then what we do is we make decisions out of our sympathetic nervous system, our fight or flight. We don't, we are so worried about running away from things, but they're just feelings. They're not going to kill you. They're probably going to be over somewhere from 30 to 90 seconds. And it's just so important that we learn again to re-engage because when I was in the middle of burnout, I was so numb. There was no like middle amount of feelings. I either was either super angry or super sad. And there was just no spectrum in between. And so part of this is re-engaging, getting back in touch with yourself. Because for so long, we have had to disengage with our feelings, with ourselves, with who we are on the inside. Because if we didn't, we wouldn't have survived. So part of this healing process is getting back in touch with that and being like, you know what? You are safe. You are okay. These things that you are feeling are not abnormal. It's part of who you are good, bad, and ugly. And let's learn to work through this healthily. Because I was definitely one of those people who cried in the the stock room or who was so angry that she would put on her nice girl physician face to the patients, but then afterwards just want to totally blow a gasket. And so it's really mm-hmm. re-engaging with that, 
Um, you know, the buzzword is emotional intelligence. Um, but really getting back in touch with that side of your state, because that was part of my coping mechanism was that it is not safe to have feelings. It is not safe to be me. And I locked those things away in the closet. But then when I really needed to access them and have them, I didn't even know where to start. I didn't even know how to handle them because if I opened that closet door, everything, all my shit was going to fall out. And so it's getting through that and having a safe space. And I want to put a plug in, you know, for some people that's therapy, like you mentioned, getting a psychiatrist, getting a good therapist. You know, for me, it was coaching. That was the space that I needed. I needed to have a fellow physician that I could sit down with who would call me on my bullshit, but would also hold me in a space because she knew. She knew how it felt. She had walked that walk and she had come out on the other side. And so I think it's just so pivotal to have those space, safe spaces to talk about. And then the other thing I want to bring up with this is really recognizing that it's not this or that. It's not staying in this and suffering or finding the beautiful, magical unicorn path that's going to take me out of it. It's a lot of middle ground. And so what I tell people as I start working with them, we go through these questions and I ask them a whole bunch more um, and really make them dig in and to know themselves better and to uncover that person who has been so pushed in the closet to bring them back out because that's part of healing this burnout is being your whole self again. You know, as DOs, we love the whole body. And so bringing mm-hmm. that into my coaching is so important for me. But it's also recognizing that it's not going to happen overnight and having a bridge job. So that's the next best step. That's figuring out, okay, where could I go from here that gives me more freedom, that gives me more autonomy, that gives me more control, knowing that it's probably not going to be my forever gig and that's okay, but it's okay for the right now. And so I talk a lot of people about um about that step, because I think too many times as physicians, we think, oh, if we're leaving this, then it has to be like the the best. It has to be like my forever job next. And I'll just tell you, like in the workspace in the US, non-physicians, so just in the general working populace, they change jobs somewhere between seven and eight times in their careers. And somehow wow. we're fed the lie as physicians that like we get out, we get a job, and then we stay there until we get the gold watch in 30 years. Yeah. And it's just yeah. not correct. It's not correct. And so part of my journey um, through burnout is just to finish up the story where I started it. um, I was able to negotiate to go down to part time. And and that those part those days that I was off, you know, when I was in the clinic, it felt like I had taken a deep breath and I was at the very bottom of the pool. You know, I'm talking about with all the pressure and all the like, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't know about this. And those days off felt like I had come up and I was on a floaty drinking my margarita and floating on the surface. And it prepared me for the next day to take the deep dive down into the deep part of the bottom of the pool. And By having that space, by having that break, which is another part of this recipe that I make everyone do, is you must have some space to rest. Be that a sabbatical, be that changing your working schedule, be that quitting your job and and going on leave for a couple months. Everyone must make room for space because you need those times where you have to learn to sit with yourself again. And you have to go out for a run at 1030 in the morning while everybody else is hustling in the hospital. And you've got to be able to go to bed at five o'clock sometimes when everybody else is still typing notes in the office to help you recover and clear your head of all the garbage that's going on. But in that meantime, like I mentioned For me, I got that rest 
I cleared my head and I realized this is not going to work. Like I mentioned before, I had a huge non-compete. So what I did for my bridge job is I actually worked in a rural emergency room for about 15 months. Um, It really improved my skills, but I also knew like I don't need my job to like give me my adrenaline rush. So this is not my forever thing. And then from there, I did some other small like PRN type things until recently, I really feel like I found a job that fits my ass. And I say that like, you know, when you buy a really good pair of jeans and you just slide the them all. That's thing I thought about when you said that. Yes. Like, jeans. You slide it on <laughs> in the, the changing room and you like look in the mirror and you do a little shimmy and shake and you're like, oh, these feel amazing. I can mm-hmm. tell you it's taken seven years, but I found it and it fits. Mm. And when it does. That square peg found its square hole. And that is the whole purpose of all of this work. And I think as as hard and as hurtful as burnout is, I'm so glad that I had that push now to push me to do this work, to re-engage because I'm a better mother, I'm a better wife, I'm a better friend, and I'm a better doctor now that I have burned all the shit away and I have rose from the ashes. And that can be you too. Uh, this was, I'm, I'm pretty sure, girl, you are about to set souls free um, with this. Like, because you've definitely, you've confirmed a lot in me and you've definitely, like, you know, what you just said, like finding a good bridge, definitely, you know, again, as an OBGYN, because that's pretty much all that I know, you are fed that, you know, when you find this job and you find this place, stay in this place because, you know, women, you know, they stick with the same OBGYN their entire life and you don't want to be a part of them having to keep finding someone else. So there's a part of guilt even with it. I'm not sure if it's with, you know, your practice with family medicine, but I know that, you know, just thinking what family medicine is that, you know, family medicine, people see them from birth to the grave. And so I'm pretty sure that you probably have had a little bit of that guilt, but a big problem with me was, okay, I have to find the perfect job because when I find that perfect job, I'm going to be here for the rest of my life. But then, like I said, a year, two years into it, I was like, I cannot do this. And so in talking to others, it's just finding out about all of these bridge things that we could do that was never taught to me in medical school. I mean, excuse me, even in residency, I graduated It'll be six years this year and never had I ever heard the word locum and locum isn't a new thing. So locum isn't something like, oh, you know, this just started a year ago. This is something that had been going on for years. So I didn't even know what my options were. Like, you know, can you work for insurance companies and things like that? Can you be a consultant about different things? What about, do you have a dream of like entrepreneur, like something to bridge you? And so that's, you know, a really good point for physicians just to know that where you're at now, you don't have to stay there and to continue your burnout and to continue to work through your burnout, especially if you do find that part of your burnout is the environment that you're in. There are ways that you can bridge yourself after you take a break, because that's also very important. Again, you don't want to go from one situation to another. If you are blessed and privileged enough to, you know, take a break, then absolutely take it. Cause I do, you know, recognize, you know, that some of us don't have that privilege to say, you know what, I'm going to take off, you know, two weeks or a month or two months in between jobs because, you know, financially I can't do it or, you know, because of my children and obligations, I can't do it, but definitely, you know, find some way to take a rest and then find a bridge instead of going from one 
potentially toxic environment, or it might not even be toxic. Cause like I said, my job is amazing. I really intrude it, but mentally, you know, like one toxic environment to another. So that's really big. Know what your options are basically. Like, you know, as physicians, we don't have the physician the way that the physicians did it 20 and 30 and 40 years ago. There's so many options for us to do it if we still want to work in medicine. It just doesn't have to be the traditional way. It just doesn't. Absolutely. And I really push on anybody who says they can't take a break. I think that is a thought that's embedded in your head. But there are some really creative ways to make sure that that happens. I mean, look at priests. Look at clergy. They take sabbaticals. They make no money, (laughs) but they figure it out. And it's actually becoming more and more common for employers in the healthcare space to allow their clinicians to take a sabbatical because they know if they can come back healthier and happier, a happy doctor Mm -hmm. is a productive doctor. And I got lots of business statistics to show that. Well, that's good to know. So that's a really good point because again, like I... You know, I definitely, you know, in talking to people, because I'm you're in doctor spaces too. So in doctor spaces, when we talk about like, some people feel like they can't even take a vacation. I'm like, oh, you can't take a week vacation. They're like, no. And I'm like, well, what's going to happen? And so it's definitely good to hear someone say that you can just be very creative with it. But, you know, but in the same breath, like, you know, some people, I feel like they really do feel like they're in a a situation to where they can't. So you are definitely a great resource to go through because again, not only have you lived it and pull yourself through it, but you have actually cultivated a program or a lifestyle or something to actually help people kind of get through it and see what their break is. Because if you don't know that you can take a break, then you don't know how to make the break happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, on that, if there's anybody who wants more Aaron Wiseman sass, come on over to, I have two different podcasts. So the first one is Dr. Me First. It's one I started several years ago where it's like in the 300s as far as episodes. So if you got a question, I probably got a topic to, to in an episode to cover it. So come on over to Dr. Me First, get more encouragement. I'm currently doing a series called Work Is My Drug. It's been absolutely fascinating diving into the world of um, work addiction and um, how prevalent it is and how damaging it is just as much as a heroin addiction as an alcoholic um, Mm -hmm. as anything else. So check me out on that series. If you're like, hey, I want more than a podcast, I am ready for some of Aaron's help. Come over to Burnt Out to Badass. It's really where I teach you and take you from this place of burnout and move and transition into a place that you can have a fulfilling life and practice. It just takes intentionality and it takes having that community around you of other badasses who's been there and done that or who are currently walking the path with you as well. And so, like I said, come on over to burntouttobadass.com. There's a podcast that goes along with that if you want to hear some more encouraging of other people who have been in that place of burnout, who have had the dark night of the soul, and now who have come out on the other side. You know, it's not perfect, but it's imperfectly marvelous. And that's, I think, the tale that I want to tell people is that, again, you are not alone. And where you are at today, you are not staying, my friend. Ah, that's beautiful. And so another question, because I know I'm going to get this, is it particularly for um, most people that listen to my podcast are women, but is it only for female physicians or can other professional women benefit from your program? I tell people, whether you're a man, a woman, you're a 
purple, green, yellow, however you label yourself, if this message resonates with you, then it is for you. Okay. It doesn't matter what you're doing. I think is if it resonates, then you are welcome. Well, guys, you have heard it from the burnout no more um, queen herself. And I hope that you had out your notebook and, you know, like taking all of the notes because I definitely have been trying to do that as quickly as possible while I'm trying to listen and also come have a conversation. But this has really been amazing. And I've caught a couple of your um, podcasts, so I've really enjoyed it. And like I said, this has just kind of like been the cherry on top for me, because sometimes you just have to talk to someone to really and truly kind of like look yourself in the mirror. And so you have just like turn the mirror on myself. And even when I thought that, you know, I'm doing better and I'm handling burnout, you know, in a great way, you've definitely like, I'm telling you, girl, this whole take a break thing. I'm like, yes, take a break. Like, girl, why are you trying to just go from the next thing to the next thing to the next thing? And you're right. I can at least say that my excuse hasn't been that I can't take a break. I just, no one has ever said it, Aaron. Like, you know, some some people just never say the obvious to you. And no one has ever said to me, you know what, just take a break while you're trying to figure it out. It has just always been figure out what you're going to do next and then do it. And so that's what my mind has been doing. Like, I'm not going to do this, so I'm going to do this. So there's so many nuggets in this. And I really and truly appreciate you even you know, coming onto the podcast and wanting to spread, you know, your gift and your spirit and your voice to my community, because that takes a lot of energy. And I definitely respect, you know, people's energy and their time. So thank you so much. Um, another thing, because you know how we are on social media now, do you have like an Instagram or anything that people can also find and follow you on? Absolutely. So come on over. I love hanging out on IG. You can find me at, at Aaron Wiseman or at Burnt Out to Badass. The other place I really, really love hanging out is LinkedIn. I know people are like, ah, oh, it's too stuffy, but girl, LinkedIn is happening. You will find you will find my shit on Facebook, but I won't be hanging out there. It's too loud. It's too noisy. I just don't hashtag ain't got time for that. So yeah, come hang out with me on Instagram and LinkedIn. I need to get into LinkedIn. I have a LinkedIn profile, but girl, probably the last time that I probably updated it, my son was probably just being born. I don't even know what's on. Sometimes people send me a request to follow me on LinkedIn and I'm like, oh yeah, that. So I might just need to kind of dive into it because Facebook is definitely, it's the loud club and you're trying to have Mm -hmm. a conversation with your girlfriends and you can't because it's too loud in the club. Yeah, absolutely. LinkedIn to me feels like what Facebook used to feel like many, many moons ago. And also, there's just so many people who are on LinkedIn. If they're actively engaged, I've had so many great conversations with people. Um, I've been able to talk about burnout in a lot of different arenas. I'm telling you, it's not just for a job search. LinkedIn really is about um, connection and passing information on. So yeah, hang out in those places. And of course, you know, I also, since I hate Facebook, I do Slack. So we have a Slack community that you can join. One, because you can turn Slack off. Yeah, it's phenomenal. You'll have to come hang out with me. But it's the Burnt Out to Badass community. Um, And that's where we hang out. And we just, we have the rules that we are there for work-life balance. And you can turn off all the dings and the noises. And it's just real genuine 
conversations happening with people who want to be there. It's not like they just like stumbled into it. So those are the places you can hang out with me. Again, if you're listening to this podcast, you know already how to do podcasts. So come join me at Dr. Me First or Burnt Out to Badass. And hey, I'm a real person. So anytime you need anything, know that I got your back. Well, thank you so much, ladies. Please go follow, follow, follow her. Listen to her podcast. Um, there's so many nuggets that we can get from there as professional women. And she definitely turns the mirror on you so you can really see what's kind of going on and if you are in truly a place of burnout. And then she has you know, a program or something to help you get through it. Because it's one thing, as she said, you know, seeing that you have it and then calling the thing a thing, but then what are the steps that you're going to take to actually get out of that thing? So please run over there. I'm definitely going to have her information um, on the podcast, you know, so you can go to the website for the podcast and, you know, see all of her links there. You know, I'm an IG girl, so you'll definitely see it on Instagram. And if you have any questions that you want me to forward, to her anything, um, you know, hit me up in my email. Y'all know how to find me. I definitely respond to emails, DMs, probably way more than what I should. I'm trying to get my boundaries back together. Um, but definitely, you know, hit me up if you're trying to get to her. She's told you several ways to get in contact with her. So thank y'all for lending your ear and your time and your energy and your spirit. And I will chat with y'all later. Bye. Thanks for sharing your precious time listening to the Mature Mama Life podcast. Being a mama, I know every moment is needed, so I try to make it quick, fun, and impactful. If you miss anything or would like to absorb through reading, make sure you join the emailing list as I'll be sending out the show notes after each show. Don't forget to click the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any new episodes. Until next time, Love on those babies and don't forget to share the show with other mamas in your tribe. Bye-bye, mamas. Hey there, I got some really important stuff to share with you. Besides developing Dr. Me First over the last, I don't know, I think it's like seven or eight years now, and Burnt Out to Badass, which is a little bit newer. It's been going on for about three to four years. I've actually been developing another business kind of on the side, and a lot of you folks are surprised when you hear about it. It's called Physician Coaching Alliance, and it does a lot of amazing things. First of all, if you're a chief wellness officer or you want to see more wellness in your organization, hospital, medical group, residency program, etc., Physician Coaching Alliance is your answer. We do consulting and coaching within organizations to bring better wellness into the healthcare space. So you need to go over to the website, physiciancoachingalliance.com, drop me an email with the organization, who I contact, who I talk to, and we can come in and help your institution. The other part of Physician Coaching Alliance is for those who are looking for a personal coach. Of course, I would love to be your coach, but I also know that I'm not everybody's well, taste and spicy sauce, let's put it that way. So there we have a menu of over 70 coaches who specialize in so many different things, who come from different parts of medicine. Some people are in medicine, some people are out of medicine, some people are hybrid. It's just a, an amazing group of an eclectic 
amount of skills and personalities, I'm sure you can find your next coach there. So again, same website, physiciancoachingalliance.com. And lastly, if you are a coach and you're tired of going in alone, maybe you're in a slump, maybe you just want to be around other physician coaches who are willing to give and are over the hustle culture and not about competing with each other, but knowing that how we heal healthcare is better together, then also Physician Coaching Alliance is the place for you. PCA fulfills so many of these needs and more. It's all on the same website, physiciancoachingalliance.com. You can hang out with us on LinkedIn and on Instagram by the exact same name, physiciancoachingalliance.com. Yep, I've been busy. running multiple companies, practicing medicine, taking care of alpacas. But you know what? It is my heart and joy to do this. And I hope that PCA can become a part of your story too. Ten, nine, eight, six. Liquid limbs and heavy lids. One, two.